couldn't catch my breath. It was getting shallower and shallower, and I can remember saying to myself, I am dying. And then his blood pressure dropped. And I looked at the doctor and I said, what's wrong with him? His heart stopped. And he says, well, we need to intubate your husband right now, or else he could die. And then we start doing the chest compressions. Dean Braxton's system was shutting down. It started as a routine procedure to remove a kidney stone. Now he was dying. Dr. Manuel Irigi was on duty in the critical care unit at St. Francis Hospital in Federal Way, Washington. He explains what went wrong. As it turns out with, with him, the antibiotic that he received was uh, not good for the bacteria. He was resistant. Dean's body went into multi-organ failure and his heart flatlined. Dr. Irigi's team worked furiously to revive him. Dean's wife, Marilyn, prayed. I did say to the Lord, I said, Lord, you said in your word that you've come to give Dean life and life abundantly. And I claim that abundant life for him. At times, the unit was in chaos as they worked to save Dean's life. But he was experiencing something very different. I wasn't afraid. It was like, I'm going home. Dean believes he went to heaven. When I first entered in, it was just bright. It wasn't so much what I saw as much as what I experienced. The first thing I perceived was everything is right. There's nothing wrong here. And I said, it's past peace. You know, there's a scripture in the Bible in Philippians, the fourth chapter, that says, peace past understanding. That's what's going on there. It's landscape, but more, because everything's alive. Nothing's dead. I don't mean just live like grass. I mean, it's intelligent. It can move. You know, it thinks. And someone says, well, that's way out there. It was way out there for me. You know, I'll tell you the truth. Dean says he felt like he was being pulled back into his body. Then he flatlined a second time. Again, he was in heaven. This time, he saw Jesus. The first thing that comes to me is he's bright, just like John says, he's brighter than the noonday sun. And the next phrase I say, I wish people could grab it, and it's this one and we can look at him. And what you're looking at is not so much the physical part of it. You're really experiencing the love he has for you. And I tell people it's, it's like he only loves you and no one else. I saw him communicating to angels. He would just look at them. Communication there was thought to thought. They would acknowledge his receiving his information, bow before him like this, and then back out. And it was like, wow. Dean admits he didn't want to come back. And I don't tell you the truth. I was happy. I was planning on staying, you know, and people always say, yeah, 
You know, didn't you love your wife and your children? Yes, I loved them probably more than I ever could. But I was thinking, you come here. You come here where everything is right. Then Dean saw family he hadn't seen in a long time. And yet, on the other side of Jesus was my family, my grandmother Mary, but with her were other relatives. And some I had recognized. I had been on this planet when they were here. But then there was generation after generation after generation after generation of those that accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior that helped to produce me on this planet. They came to greet me in, and it was like, God. While Dean was in heaven, Marilyn continued asking God for a miracle. I purposed in my heart that whatever the outcome, I was going to follow God all the way. After an hour and 45 minutes, Dean came back with a weak but steady heart rate. But the bacteria had done a lot of damage, and he had to go on dialysis. I did not think he was going to survive. I, and I, in a way, I, I told his wife that, you know, now well, we have just to pray and, and wait, because there's nothing else I can do. I believe in healing. I believe that God is a healer. And uh, I was trusting God for Dean's healing. Three days later, Dean woke up. He was so eager. We got to get people saved. We got to let people know about Jesus. Despite doctors' concerns that Dean's prolonged ordeal would leave him impaired or even worse, there are no signs that Dean even had a brush with death. He's the picture of health. In fact, the staff at St. Francis Hospital dubbed him the Miracle Man. It's a miracle that he's alive. There's no question about it. It is a miracle. Yeah, he's somebody alive, that he's talking, that he has no brain damage. Uh, but but this, this is very exceptional because he was really, really dead for, for a long time. So what does a man do who's experienced heaven and still wants to be there? Dean says Jesus told him something that keeps his feet firmly planted. I felt like he was saying, I need you there more than I need you here. And I came to understand then how important it was for me to complete what God had put me on this planet to do. The bottom line is, until I'm finished here, you know, and, and I cannot go back home. I tell people most of the time, I'm on my way home. Don't get me wrong, I'm on my way home. This is the pathway my father says I have to go to get home. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Miracle man. Well, why don't we stand this afternoon? Come on, let's get prepared to receive the Word of God. Let's welcome Brother Dean Braxton. Give him a great new harvest welcome. <laughs> Love you, Richard. Love Thank you. you. God bless you. You could go ahead and be seated. Thank you, Jesus. You go ahead and take your seats. You know, it's a, a unique morning because of just what my father said I could do this morning. Um, when I say father, I mean Father God. I know a lot of us say Father God, but when you go to heaven, you take away the God and you just say Father. If you look at the Bible, it always says Our Father. You know what I mean? And so uh, I, I, that was one of the things, if anyone asked me, what did you come back with? Is, is no longer did I just look at him as God, I looked at him as my father. Yeah. 
I have some books in the back back there, um, several uh, of them, and um, one's called In Heaven, and uh, I have it in Spanish and I also have it in English. Um, the thing about the uh, book here is that I always tell people 99% of everything I experience I can find in the Word of God. You know, I even say this to you, you know, um, this is not to replace the Bible. Do you hear what I just said? If you really want to know about heaven, read your Bible. I'm just putting that out there, you know. Uh, uh, marketing people don't like that, but that's okay. You know what I mean? They don't get you into heaven, Jesus does. <laughs> so, um, but in this book you'll find it where I'll say, this is what I experienced, here it is in the Word of God. This is what I experienced, here it is in the Word of God. And the main reason for that, that's the eternal realm, this is a temporal realm. It, it's really hard for me to describe, or anybody that has this experience, to describe that realm in this realm, because this realm has things that that realm doesn't have. And one of the things that this realm has is death and decay. Nothing is dying in heaven, and nothing is decaying in heaven. So how do you describe things in that realm and this realm in the sense of it being like it is? You can't. Even in the Bible, if you read, a lot of times when those people like Ezekiel or Daniel or even John that wrote Revelation, when they're describing spiritual things, they use the word L-I-K-E a whole lot. They say it's like this. Do you guys hear what I just said? They don't say this is what it is. They say this is the closest I can come to describing it on this planet. Well, I'm the same way. But if I can give you a scripture, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you can take you further. All you have to do is go to that scripture, read it, and watch what God does. Now, I'm saying that because I really believe as I give a scripture, if it like bursts on the inside, you say, yes, I would encourage you to go read it. Because that means God wants to show you more. Okay, and not everybody's going to jump at the same scripture, but if you get it and say, oh, i got to know more about that, my father is going to take care of that, and he's going to let you know more. So this book here is, uh, is in heaven. Another book that I have is Deep Worship in Heaven. This is what it was like to be in heaven and be called around the throne of God to tell our father how much we love him. That's all worship really is. That's what it's supposed to be. You know, and, and the thing I like about it is that I kind of show you the first four chapters is just the call. It's not even really getting into the, the part where we're singing to the Father. It's just the, takes, it takes me four chapters to describe to you the call that we all got to come around the throne. And one of the things I like about it is all of us was excited to get that opportunity to come around the throne and tell our Father how much we love him. I would say this to you, the next time, next time you come to church, get excited before you come here and see what God does. You know, sometimes we, we put a lot of burden on the uh, worship team to get you excited, you know, for the next step. But if you already come excited, where will God take you then? You guys hear me? And I guarantee you, he wants to take you somewhere that you haven't been before. This book here is what it feels like to die, and, and I just described in it what it was like to die as a Christian. As you saw the doctor up there, Dr. Rigge, which was the actual doctor that was in the room, he said I was really, really dead. I was clinically dead. That means there was no oxygen or blood going to my body for an hour and 45 minutes. That isn't an actor. That's the actual doctor that was in the room. You guys hear what I just said? Okay. That video, I also, I want to share this with you because I really believe this is supposed to be an epicenter. What I'm talking about, this body here is supposed to be an epicenter. Now, somebody else might be in and they come from somewhere else. You're still supposed to be a part of that wake, that earthquake, 
that is going to happen in the spiritual realm for this area. Okay, don't think you're left out and say, oh, he's just talking to them. I'm talking to anybody in this room because you wouldn't be here except my father knew that you would be here. Okay? It's no accident you're here this morning. You're here because my father said that you needed to be here. Is that good news? So you're supposed to be a part of whatever I'm talking about. So I say that to you because I want you to start taking uh, a seriousness of your call as a body in this church. You know what I mean? You're supposed to be able to shake up things for God's kingdom. Okay? In a good way. Don't think it's a bad way. Oh, I'm going to tell all those people all the things they're doing wrong. I'm going to let them all know. God wants you to edify and build up and impart life to his, his creation. All right? I'll leave it like that. But this book here tells you what it feels like to die as a Christian. And um, one of the things that I go through this book it is whether you realize it or not, we are going to grieve when we leave some, lose somebody, even us that are born again. We have hope we'll see them again. I always say they took an earlier flight. I use the word, they left the planet. I don't say die, I say they left the planet, okay? Because you're going to see them again. But the reality of it, you're going to grieve. And what you're grieving is we were always meant to experience the five senses of a person. That's the eternal thing. All that was given to us in the beginning of, of, of Genesis. It wasn't until the third chapter that we had separation come. But you're supposed to see someone else forever. You're supposed to feel someone forever. You're supposed to heal, hear someone forever. You're supposed to taste someone forever and smell somebody forever. Do you know you all got a smell? Now, you spend a lot of money to make sure it's the right smell. You know, I hadn't seen my grandchildren for a while, and, and my granddaughter came up and held, held me and his, his, uh, her um, grandmother, and the thing she said to me surprised me. She says, I love the smell of grandparents. <laughs> well, you think about it. Whether you realize it or not, you got a smell, okay? And so we were supposed to have that smell forever. So when we don't have that, we grieve it, you guys. We're missing it. And that's what this book goes through and just talks about what it was like to die. And then this last book I want to cover is I Need You There to Sing the King. It's really a coloring book, story book for the kids. Um, it, it just tells the story again of what I went through and what happened to me. And the, the I Need You There to Sing the King doesn't mean I need you in heaven sing the king. It means I need you here sing the king. Everybody on this planet, whether you realize it or not, that's born again, you're here because he needs you here. When your job is done... You can leave, all right? I know a lot of times we think, well, when my time's up, it's going to be that way. Your time's up when you finish your job. No, 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 no. Some, I know people say, well, we all got that day, and it's appointed unto us once to die, and then the judgment. I'm telling you right now, that day is not counted unless you're done with your job. Seriously. Some of you want to go home early, but you need to finish your job on the planet. Please. We need you. The harvest is plenty and the, and the labors are, are few. I, I use that video and go into your public schools. God is after California. He wants California. He told me he wants California. You know, it, it wasn't a thought in my mind. I wasn't thinking of the conversation at the time. And he just stopped me and says, I want California. And all I could say to him, and I challenge you to say the same thing, how can I help? That's all you have to do is how can I help? Make yourself available because he wants your state. I know some of you want to get out of your state, you know, because of all the things that are going on in it. But the reality of it, God's moving in this state. He's moving in this state. 
I'm, I'm probably putting more time in this state next year than I'm putting in any other state. And I used to put a lot of time in New York, New York State. But God has got me more meetings all the way from the north of California down to the south of California. I'll be here a whole lot next year because he wants this. He wants this state. You can either be a part of it or you can be on the sideline or you can move to Arizona. <laughs> Ain't that where you guys are going? A lot of you are going to Arizona. I know. You know, Texas and Arizona. I see you over there. Where are you from, California? Where are you from, California? You know what I mean? I'm just letting you know. Hey, this morning we're going to do something really unique. I, I, I thank Richard and uh, Pastor Richard and Pastor Nancy for having me. We be, we're becoming just really, really, I say friends, we're really learning how to become really good family members. Because whether you realize it or not, that's what we are. We're family. You know what I mean? And, and, and we, we, we connected a, a few months ago, but we even bonded even closer since me just being here. Whether, whether Nancy knows it or not, she's my sis sister. I call her sis now, you know what I mean? And uh, I feel like a, a, a little brother that's up to, okay, what can I do to get her now? <laughs> I'm trying not to do that because, you know, I, she doesn't really know me that well, but you know what I mean? I just feel that it's inside of me. Now, what can I do? Okay, I can do this, I can do that. You know how a little brother teases a sister, you know, that type of thing, you know? I've warned her now, didn't I? So she knows it's coming sooner or later. I'll wait until Richard's not around and I'll do it. <laughs> no, he's becoming a good brother of mine. You know, this morning we're going to do something unique. I don't usually do this in, the, in, the, in a morning service. Uh, I may have done it maybe five times at the most throughout all the years that I've been traveling. But this morning, my father, I felt like I was telling these two, I felt like my father wanted me to open up for question and answering this morning. They give you an opportunity to ask someone that has really died what it was like to die and go with the Father, whatever questions you have out there, okay? Now, I've done this before. Usually, it's an evening service. Usually, it's a midweek service. Usually, it's something like that. And this morning, I was telling people, the longest I've ever done it was six and a half hours. You know, six and a half hours, people ask me questions. Usually, it's the kids because they start rumming up right at the end. You know, they want to get their questions in. But the reality of it, the kids usually ask the best questions because they have no boundaries on God. You know, and they're coming from a fun, they want to know if heaven's going to be fun. A lot of times we make it sound like it's going to be boring. I know a lot of us think, well, we get up there and we get to sing to them all a lot of time. A lot of kids don't want to be up there singing a whole lot. I was in a service last week and, um, <laughs> and there was this little boy named JJ and his grandpa was playing songs and everything. And when he got done, everybody said, oh, that's a good service. And JJ said, that song was long. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> you know, he just said, that song was long, you know. <laughs> so, but they want to have fun, you know what I mean? And you got to understand something. God is the God of fun. He has not found, he has not made you not to have fun. You were really created to have fun. Some of you got to start having fun. So, so. You know, the other area is teenagers. Teenagers just want to know if God has the power that he says he has. They have special effects and all those type of things going on right now. You got, they want to see the power. They want to see the things take place. They, got, they want to see the miracles. Here it is, a man standing up here right now that was dead for an hour and 45 minutes. They want to see this. Not just in one man. They want to see it in a lot of people. They want to see the miracles. Do you understand what I mean? They want to know that that God is a tangible God that does what we say he does. 
okay? Then there's my age group. We are the ones that usually build the boxes for God. I, I have a, a background in pastoral uh, counseling, a master's in pastoral counseling. I, I, I went to a school called Welland Baptist University. So I have a theological background, but I built a lot of boxes for God over the years. You know, I had my theological belief, bam. I had my another, bam. And I placed God in those boxes. When I got to heaven, he blew a ton of my boxes apart. A lot of them, you guys. But he didn't go outside his word. He went outside my boxes, but he didn't go outside his word. I come to understand a lot of us, the way we look at the Bible is from an earthly point of view instead of a heavenly point of view. But if you have the Holy Spirit residing on the inside of you, you have the ability to see it from a heavenly point of view. Do you guys hear me? You don't have to have this experience and go to heaven and then say, okay, my eyes are open, now I get to see it. You have the Holy Spirit on the inside of you. You have the ability to see it from a heavenly point of view. What happens a lot of times, Pastor Richard, is someone gets a word from God from a heavenly point of view, and then they go to the commentaries to try to prove that God is right. Somebody better grab what I just said here. You know what I mean? We try to get a human being to prove that God is right. We figure if someone else found it, then, we, then it's right. No, if God has revealed it to you, Donnie, then that's it. Okay, he's revealed it. Doesn't mean you have to share it with everybody, but he's revealed it to you. Is that good news? And he's getting ready to reveal a whole lot to you. Do you hear what I just said? Now, I'm going to tell you, you tell your pastor, but he's getting ready to reveal a whole lot to you. Well, you're getting to get a download. <laughs> I don't always tell people like this, especially call them out in front of everybody. So everybody's going to come up and say, what do you tell you? What do you tell you? <laughs> you can't even get down the hallway without someone asking. You got anything today? You got anything today? <laughs> yeah. And then they see elderly. They're similar to the kids. They know they're going to be closer to getting home. So they just want to know what it was going to be like when they get home. The greatest thing I think that I love to share is that when you get home, not only do you see the Jesus, not only do you have the Father there, not only do you have the Holy Spirit residing on the inside of you, but all of your family comes to greet you in. And there's many people, many people, as if you're an elderly person, I, I, you know, there was people that my mom and my dad, my mom went on to be, my dad went on to be with Jesus, my mom's still here, but they m had grandparents that I never met. Do you understand what I mean? And if those people know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, they get to see him again. Is that good news? You know? So, let's take some questions. I have people out there with mics, someone raised a uh, hand. Can you help me out? Can you help me out? Since I already threw you under the bus, and so, <laughs> can you help me out? Can you make sure when hands are risen that, you know, you point them out and say who's the next to ask the question? Yeah. And just thank you guys. You don't get an opportunity to talk to a man that really died. You know, I always tell people you can go to the graveyards and start talking to people. You know what I mean? If they answer back, you in trouble. Get out of there. You know what I mean? <laughs> this man was dead for an hour and 45 minutes. You know what I mean? You heard the doctor. I was really, really did. I went to be with the Father and Jesus. It's not unusual for Christians to go to heaven. That's what happens to us when we leave our body. All right? So this is your opportunity to ask any questions, anybody. I can hardly see because of the lights. You know, at least, you know, at least, at least they're not as bright as one time I went somewhere. I couldn't see nothing. So I said, let me pretend I'm on radio. That way I'll... <laughs> go ahead. Someone give him a mic because, yeah, I know you can, but maybe not everybody else, and that way, that way they can all hear it. Just a simple question. 
the, uh, Christ, the second coming of Christ is coming, yeah. right? Whenever the second coming of Christ, do we call it the end of time or the end of the world? And oh. what's the difference between the end of times and the end of the world? Well, see, this is one of the things I'm going to have to tell you about that. I can't really give you that answer like you would probably want it, okay? Due to the fact that when I was in heaven, nobody's concerned with that. <laughs> All right? I'm just being honest with you. I will tell you what Jesus Christ wanted me to, to emphasize when I came back around that time period. All right. When I was there, Jesus Christ literally showed me a river, and in that river, he showed me all these people going downstream. And there was a waterfall at the end of that stream, or the end of that river, okay? It was something like, I would say, Niagara Falls. It was just fall. And he was telling me, that's coming. The end of time is coming. The end of the age is coming, okay? He said, but I want you to emphasize in pulling out as many people out of that water so they don't go over. That's what he wanted me to emphasize. You know what I mean? And sometimes people want me to talk about that, but what he told me was we're to pull them out and get them out of that so that they don't have to go over. That's what he's concerned with. Anybody else? After you uh, came back to your earthly body, was your perspective of your earthly attachments different after you uh, came to heaven or after you? Uh... After I came back to my earthly body, what are my attachments to this planet? Is that a good way of saying it? Yeah, were they greater or lesser? Oh, they were gone, period. <laughs> Ask my wife, she can tell you. Okay, my whole thing about, because I was in a realm, first of all, that was eternal. Nothing deteriorated, nothing fell apart. In having that experience and coming back to here and seeing everything that's falling apart, you know, one of the things that really got me is I could look at a chair and I could see it de disintegrating before me. You know, you can't because you think, but for me, I'm watching it fall apart. I'm watching this, I'll be honest with you, I know you may not want to hear this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I'm watching this building fall apart right now because I was in a realm where nothing fell apart. Matter of fact, not only did it not fall apart, it was getting better. So the, the moment you get there, it looks good. And the next moment, it gets even more and more. It's, that's the way life is. If you know anything that has life, it really moves in the opposite direction of death. And everything else that doesn't have life moves in the direction of death. They decay, okay? But there, everything is moving in the, the direction of life. You know, and it's hard to describe that to people on the planet because what you're looking at, whether you realize it or not, even the clothes I have on, it's deteriorating. But if this was in heaven, this would be even more livelier and more livelier and more livelier. So when I came back to the planet, I was detached from everything, okay? The only thing that got me detached back to things on the planet were you guys, were the people. You come to understand, you're eternal. That seat you're, you're sitting in is temporal. That car you're driving is temporal. That house you have is, is temporal, but you as a person with the Holy Spirit residing on the inside of you, you will never die. You're eternal. You're worth, you know. So that's what happened to me, you know, in the sense of, yes, I was detached from all those things. And any of my colleagues that have had this experience, and I met a lot of people, some of them, you guys, well-known well people, and some people are not well-known people. But one of the things that I found out that all of them have uh, one thing in common, even me. When we came back, we had to fight depression. 
Because now we're in a realm that is falling apart when we were in a realm that didn't fall apart, you know. And so that one of the things I find out with all my colleagues, you know what helps me get, keep going? Is I make that statement I made on there. I'm on my way home. This is the pathway my father says I need to go as I am going home. I don't know about you, but I am a sojourner. I don't know about you, but I am an ambassador. Do you understand what I mean? You can have the planet, you know? And it isn't that I don't want us to take care of the planet and be environmentally conscious like people want us to be. It's that it is falling apart. It has sin in it. And sin destroys just the way it is. They all waiting for us to get right so they can be right. That's what Romans 8 chapter says. All creation is yearning for the redemption of man. They, they did to waiting for us. They, they, we got them in the mess. They want us to get them out of the mess. Did that answer your question? Okay, thank you. Boy, you're making this guy run. Over there? Okay, yeah, they got people. Wait, 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 wait. What message did God want you to tell us? You know, the message that I, I, I give out is the same one that was found in Matthew, the 28th chapter, which is the Great Commission. It's our job to go out and find as many people and tell them about Jesus Christ so that people can have the opportunity to make a decision to be with their father forever. That's, I mean, it's no difference. It's, sometimes people say, you got to, no, it gave me, I still got the same responsibility. There's no greater, there is no greater, there's no greater uh, uh, commission than that. I, we talk about all these other things, but still the top commission is what we call the great commission, which is you're responsible for telling somebody about Jesus so that they can have an opportunity to be with Jesus and the Father forever. Is that good news? Yeah, I see him. Okay. I'd stay over here on this side. This is the right side. This is the left. <laughs> Good morning. I had a question. Um, while you were in heaven, how were you so sure that those were um, generations of your family members, and could you hear them? Okay, you're going to have to repeat that one okay. more time, or someone else could help me. What she um, so how did you know that they, um, the people that you've seen were like your family oh. members that you had never met? Yeah, that's cool. I like that. Number one, the one thing about heaven is you stop really seeing from your eyes. You see things from your eyes, but now you see things from your heart, okay? So you recognize them from the heart. In the scriptures, there's a, there's a, uh, a story of Jesus when he was on what we call the Mount of Transfiguration. And Elijah and Moses showed up. The disciples or the apostles at the time knew who they were. And it wasn't that they had a picture and said, oh, yeah, this looks just like him, you know? You know? They didn't have no pictures or anything like that, but they knew. How did they know? They knew from their heart it was Elijah and Moses. Jesus didn't even introduce them, but they knew it. When you get to heaven, you're going to recognize people from your heart because they're not going to look like you think they're going to look. Sometimes we think people in heaven just look young. No, it's better than young because there's no aging. Young is a, is a, is a uh, what do you call it, a time word, and there's no time in heaven. How do you describe a person out of time? You know what I mean? And the, and the thing about it is they'll look good when you see them. And the next moment they look better than that. And the next moment they look better than that. And the next moment they look better than that. So how you're going to recognize them is from your heart. When I saw my family, I knew all of my family, even those I'd never been on the planet with, okay, because I knew I'm in here. 
Is that good news? And, and, and that's the way God really wants us have, have to, to uh, operate on the planet. We have that ability to operate on the planet. Me and, and, and my sister Nancy now, and me and my brother Richard, you know, we've been looking at each other's hearts. Yes, she looks that way, he looks that way, but where we have connected is not from the outside, but from the inside. So I just tell you that. It's like we always knew each other. Am I correct, you guys? It's like we've always been running together for a long time, you know. Is that good news? <laughs> okay. Morning. Morning. I sound kind of choked up because uh, me, myself, I went through something similar. And I don't really talk about it because it's something that gets inside of me. Mm -hmm. But during my dark phase a couple years ago, before being a father, before having major responsibilities, um, I, I did go through some um, overdose in narcotics mm -hmm. um, and drugs and woke up to a doctor saying that I was dead for about 11 minutes. Mm -hmm. I couldn't believe it. I didn't feel what you felt. All I felt was 11 minutes of a large long span of darkness woke up and asked what happened you were gone a couple months ago uh, a year ago i lost a good friend of mine that uh, was a 20-something military veteran as well mm -hmm. uh, we served santa Ana doing COVID testing and try to help as much people as possible he got COVID and passed away and a couple weeks ago, I saw your first video here, which is a couple months ago. I can't remember. And at the time, I had one question was, how, how are you not scared of leaving after feeling a near, a near experience like that? But then once my friend passed away, off the get-go, I remembered you, and I said, why does this man remind me so much of my good old friend? And I saw, I had no clue you were a veteran, 20 years also. So somehow now I feel like you came back to tell me this message saying, hey, I'm here in some way. Praise God. That's good news. And, and the, what's your name? Javier. Javier? Javier. The good thing about that is you're, you're really talking an area that I believe in. See, I believe when Jesus Christ said to me, no, it's not your time, go back. He knew everybody I was going to come in contact with. You know what I mean? I don't know if you were here this morning service. I really emphasize that. So for you to say that, that confirms, yeah, we're supposed to meet. I'm supposed to talk to you. This is, this is God's plan. You know, does that make sense to you? It does. Thank you very Thank much. You. We're going back to the right side. <laughs> I'm joking, you guys. <laughs> um, I got a question for you. So I think the last time you came, you probably uh, answered some questions similar to this. But I just lost my father in July. He passed away. And at my home, I have several pictures and boards and things that we created for his memorial. And I often go by them, and I see my father's picture and stuff. And I want to, like, talk to my dad. I'm going to try not to get choked up. 
And I think, well, what am I doing? Like, he can't hear me. He can't see me. He doesn't know what I'm saying. But at the same token, I feel like, well, what if he can? Like, I don't want to disrespect him. Or what if he's watching me right now? And so my question to you, is it, is, is it any way possible for me to communicate with him? Can he hear anything that I say? And I'm not trying to hear from him, but I'm just wondering, is it possible for him to communicate back? Well, let's, let's go, first of all, he's not offended by you, okay? And, and you're not disrespecting him. You know, those things do not even exist in um, heaven. It's not a thought in his head. Do you understand what I mean? You, you cannot disappoint him. You can't make him sad at you. It's not a thought in his head. Okay, so you just, just to let you know that, okay? I always tell people if the Father wants it, it can happen. Okay, if God wants it, it can happen. I go back to that story of Elijah and Moses on the Mount of Transfiguration. Those people were people that were in paradise or heaven. They came back on the planet to communicate really to a relative because Jesus Christ was a relative. Do you understand what I mean? He was a Jew. Those were, they were Hebrew people. They were of the same family and sense of blood-wise, and he came back. So it can happen, all right? I will tell you, your father will always point you to Jesus because he is the answer. Does that make sense to you? Okay. My grandmother Mary said something when I was there that I try to emphasize for every brother and sister on the planet. And that's this. When Jesus was saying to me, no, it's not your time, go back. My grandmother Mary that was there that came to greet me in the heaven said, bring as many of us back with you as you can. And what she was talking about was family. She wanted her entire family to be there because we were created, most of us don't realize, we were created to be together as family forever. Okay. It's just the way it is. And, and, and you, you've heard me say this before, but I love saying it. You know, here I am in heaven. My family comes to greet me in. My grandmother Mary is standing out front. The reason I really believe she's standing out front, because I had a desire to hug her. Okay? Because I really believe she prayed me into the kingdom of God. I really believe that. Behind there was generation after generation. Some of those generations I knew, some I didn't know. And what did they look like? They were shiny. They had a big smile and pure joy. You know, the reason they were shiny is because Jesus Christ was shining out of them. Okay? They had a, they had a, a pure joy. The best way to describe it is two ways, really. One is when you became born again, remember the joy you had? Or if you have a, a child and you hold that child in your arms for the first time, remember the joy you had. That's what it means outside. Joy, unspeakable joy. And the last thing that I like to always emphasize is the smile. And that's probably what's burnt in my head more than anything else, is to see my entire family there smiling. You know, I always tell people, you know you're in heaven when your whole family's getting along, you know? Because there are people that, you know what I'm talking about, you know? And so, so we were never meant to be separated. So your dad that was gone on to be with Jesus... I guarantee you his greatest desire is that you reach as many of your family members. Yes, reach others. Don't get me wrong. But he wants his family there with him forever. Because there's going to come a time when you're going to leave this planet, go to be with him, and you're never going to remember that you were never separated. Do you hear what I just said? And, if, and again, I say if God wants it, it can happen. I cannot limit him. 
Do you understand what I mean? I can't do that because this is in God's hands. I will tell you, though, what happens with that a lot of people, people start going to family members instead of going to Jesus. They get caught up in this ancestry. Well, we don't call it that here, but in other places, ancestry worship. Do you understand what I mean? And when every family member there is going to point you to Jesus, and Jesus says something, you can go boldly to the throne of grace. Why would you go through someone and then try to get there when you can go directly there? You got work to do. You wasting time going to somebody else and then getting there. Do you understand what I mean? When they gonna tell you, why are you coming to me? I ain't got the answers, he got the answers. Is that good news? Yeah, you're gonna experience more life than you have before. Um, God's gonna reveal some things to you in an even greater way. Now you're not alone. <laughs> Somebody else? Yes. Yeah. I you mentioned that uh, you were able to uh, see your, your family's face, yes. and it was like a bright light. Were you able to see Jesus' face, or was it just a bright light only? You know, I was able to see his face. I was able to look into his eyes. I was able to see what he looked like. And sometimes people ask me, does he look like, especially like um, the, the lady that drew the picture of her, you know, Jesus and everything. Did he look like that? It's, and it's hard to describe him. You know, every moment you look at him, he's great. And the next moment, he's greater than that. And the next moment, he's greater than that. There's no darkness in heaven. So we use darkness to highlight light. And there's none of that in heaven. So how do you grab that? I'm not saying the person did, they did the best they could to describe what they saw. But is it what? No, it's even greater than that. You know, sometimes, I had one time a group in, in uh, Napomo High School ask me, um, what race was Jesus? <laughs> really? They want to know what race is. And the Holy Spirit, this is the Holy Spirit, this is not Dean Braxton, gave me the answer. And this is the answer. I said, in heaven, there is no race. They're just sons and daughters. Yes, amen. That's all. What got me, Nancy, was this. That auditorium kid stood up and started shouting, which told me that's what they wanted. Do you understand what I mean? Yes. It just, I, I didn't know it was going to be like that. I didn't plan it like that. So in a sense, yes, I got to look into his eyes. And when I looked into his eyes, he, he, he loved me so much. And the best way for me to describe it is this. By the time I thought about how much he loved me by looking in his eyes, he loved me more than that. He loves me more than that. Most of us don't realize God's love for you is still growing. Yes, amen. The day you became born again or the day you were created on the planet, he created love for you that no one else could receive you. And it's not a stagnant love and you're just getting it. That's why, you know, the Bible says his mercies are new every morning. Guess what? The love for you, when you wake up, is greater, it's going to be greater tomorrow than it is today. Amen. And by the time I tell you he loves you, that's old news. He loves you even more than that. Amen. I got one more question. Sure. Do you think we'll be able to touch him? Oh, Enjoy yeah. Him? Hug him? Yeah, yeah. You'll be able to hug him. And he'll be able to hug you. Oh, boy. I'm going to step out on this one. I ain't going to do you like these two. 
But you're going to feel the hug of Jesus. You, and and it's, going to, it's going to change you in such a way. You're going to feel the hug of Jesus. Now, I say that for you, but Jesus says he's going to do that with a number of people. You're going to, a number of people in, this, in your, your body are going to feel the hug of Jesus. And they're going to come to you and say, what do I do? And he's going to give you the answer to help him out. Yeah, that's Jesus. I don't usually do this. <laughs> okay. Yes. I want to thank the Lord that you're here because it feels like Jesus is talking to me. Because back in 1980, about this date, or two weeks before Thanksgiving, I was with my girlfriend and my daughter. I went to her house because she wanted to visit her sister. Then that day when we walk into the porch, two guys walk up to me. They pushed her girl. They came. They shot me. The bullet, I didn't know, it hit me in the chest. But I remember they carrying me in the car. They said, when I got to the hospital, I was out. But from there, I don't remember nothing. But I went through a dark tunnel. I heard screaming and all that. Oh, suddenly, I went to a white tunnel, something but light. Oh, suddenly, I don't know how long it was, but I came back. My eyes opened up, but when I heard, she pronounced me dead. But I came up. But some guy from a church, Victory Outreach, came and told me a prophecy that you, God, brought me back to save others as, like, gang members. And I came, but I isolated that for till now, till you came and you spoke out. That was like a breakthrough in yes. my life. And I thank the Lord for that for bringing you to speak to you that I can receive that. Yeah. Now, I won't hold that in. I could tell them, hey, God's the best way in life to go. Yeah. That's Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, what's your name? Larry. Larry. Father, yeah. in the name of Jesus, Larry, I pray for him right now. You have given him assignment. Yes. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for my brother, yes, your Lord, your son. I thank you that his feet really are sobbed with the gospel and that he will be a messenger for you on this planet from this moment on in a greater way than he's ever been before. Yes, Lord. He will not stumble home. He will not crawl home. He will run home in the name of Jesus. Amen. We only got a few more minutes. Yeah, you guys are going to act like those kids. Start putting all your hands up now. Okay. <laughs> we ain't doing the six hours or something. I'm telling you. Good day, sir. Praise God. Hallelujah. Um, Hallelujah. I'm 2001, back home in Nigeria. Um, I had a problem with my husband family, so... Um, I was troubled because my husband was over here by then. 
Then that throughout the week, I prayed and uh, I fast a lot. So one day I was sleeping. I told God, I want to go home. I'm tired. So after I prayed, then I slept off. I didn't know what happened to me. So it's like I was in upstairs. So when I was in that upstairs, I saw angels. Then the same way Jacob struggled with an angel. I hold the angel on his feet. I say, you are not going anywhere. I'm going with you. Then I was hearing the sound, the voice of Jesus, but I did not see his face. So what I was saying, he said, Dora, go back. Dora, go back. So I was wrestling with the angels. I said, no, I'm not going. You have to. You have to go with me. I'm not leaving you. So when he wanted to leave me, he said, there is somebody in your yard here that needs to be saved. He is dying. He is sick. So when I looked down to look at what he was showing me, then he flew and he left me. Wow. So yeah. um, my question is, why Jesus did not allow me to see him? I, I don't know. You know, and it might have been that you really would have fought to stay. You know what I mean? <laughs> If you would have saw how beautiful he was, you would probably, no, I ain't going nowhere, you know. <laughs> I can't really tell you why he didn't let you see him, okay. He knows. He knows your heart. I don't know your heart. He knows what that would have done for you. There's a lot of people in this room that if they left the planet and went to be with him, they would not be back on this earth. Yes. Do you understand what I mean? Yes. And, and their jobs are not done. Guess what? Your job was not done. You still got work to do on this planet. So I can't tell you why he did not let you see him, okay? But I can tell you this, you will see him. Amen. My Bible says that. Yes. And not only will you see him, you will see him as he is. And that's good news. Amen. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you very sir. much. Let me have two more questions. I'm not the one. You can look at me all you want, yeah. but it's him. <laughs> <laughs> Um, just recently, God has led me to you. I watched a lot of your videos in the yes. last couple of weeks. Uh, and so I uh, felt led to see when you were going to be in California because you mentioned that on some of your videos. And, and here I am today because, you know, I just saw that. Um, so you've changed my attitude about a lot of things, about heaven and what I should be thinking about on earth, so I very much appreciate that, um, your ministry. Um, but I'm more interested in how I can do better here yeah. before I go there. And one of the things I'm interested in is how you hear from God differently now that you've come back than before you did, and what's your process? Do you get up every day and meditate on the Word or pray in tongues? Or I would be interested to hear that. Okay. You know, um, probably what changed the most is, uh, what's your name? Kirk. Kirk. Kirk, probably what has changed the most is that I address him as Father. Okay? It used to be God, Lord, 
you know, even just Jesus, but his father. It's such a personal relationship with me. I call him father. Matter of fact, Pastor Richard and, and, and Pastor Nancy, he told me to say to your, your body here to start calling him father. Start moving into the intimacy and calling him father. I would encourage you to do that. It's not a time of the day. I do pray a lot. Do you understand? I call praying going home. Mm -hmm. Everybody calls it quiet time, devotional time. I call it, I'm going home, you know, that type of thing. But the reality of it, I would encourage you to, to start calling him father. See what takes place when you call him father. Is that good news? It is. It's great. Uh, one question along that line is the, some people will say, you know, Abba really yeah. means more daddy more personal than even father. What's, mm -hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Well, it's going to come from your heart either way. If you say it, if you say, it's not the word, it's the heart. Mm. Right. Do you understand what I mean? Yes. Yes. And so when I'm saying father, that's in my heart. Yes. You know, you know, I can say daddy, I can say Abba, I can say all those things. But the reality of it is, where's it coming from? It's yes. coming from here. I just believe that's, that intimacy will take, I really believe, I'm telling you, this is just Dean talking to you, okay? Yeah. I really believe if you move in that, watch what's going to take place. You're, you're, then you're going to hear him. You understand? You move from relationship to fellowship yeah. with him. That's great. And the father, I was talking to him this, just on the front here. Me and him was having a great conversation. Mm -hmm. and, and, and every once in a while, I remember, oh yeah, I'm in church. You know what I'm talking about? But I'm talking to him. That's how my relationship with, with him now. It's a continuous. It's not just one moment. It's a, it's, it's, until I go home, it's going to be that way. And when I get home, I'm going to do that there too. But I would encourage you, go ahead and just start, anyone in the room, start addressing him as father. You can say Abba. A lot of people don't know what Abba means. You understand what I mean? Yeah. But the reality, it means father. We say it means daddy, but it really just means father in Aramaic. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, Thank you. Thank but you. you can call him daddy if you want. Yes. Well, if you do her, then I'm going to do her. You. Since you were sitting right behind me and I was told you I'm glad you in church. <laughs> I just want to share something um, when he was talking about God hugging him and he, God took me back. May 2nd, 1988, my 10-year-old son was shot and killed. And it was the most devastating thing I ever went through. And I just remember many a night just sitting up and crying and crying and crying. And I felt these big arms come and comfort me. God will hug you. Yeah. And many a night, no one knew but I know it was him, and he held me, and just right now, he reminded me of that. Yeah. He was there for me, and he will hold you, and he will help you through whatever you need to go through. Thank you. What's your name? Chris. Chris? Chris. Chris, I believe that's a word for a lot of people in this room right now. A lot of people are gonna get a hug, and you're gonna get some more. I would encourage you though, okay, when the hug comes, I hear this all the time, because when the hug comes, it's intense. You know it's intense. And a lot of people, because our flesh can't handle that, literally say, I've got to stop. Your spirit can. Yeah. 
let it go. Do you guys hear it? Don't listen to your flesh and your flesh says, oh, I can't handle this. Flesh can't. Spirit can. Let it go. Let God complete his completeness in you all the way. So, is that good news? You're going to be the last one. The very last one. Not the last question ever, but the last one. What's your name? Cassidy. Cassidy. Yeah. I just had a question. Um, so when you get to heaven, like, do you like wear the same clothes or you wear different clothes? Oh, Cassidy. <laughs> How old are you, Cassidy? Huh? How old are you? Fifteen. Yeah, you guys always ask those questions. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to give you the honest answer, okay? Now, this is going to take some people's visions of heaven away because, you know what I mean? No one wears clothes at all. Okay, let's go scripturally. It's before the fall how we think. It's after the fall we think the way we think now. Do you guys hear me? So no one's thinking like we think now up there. That's number one. Number two, Jesus is shining out of you. And his shining out of you looks like a robe. And what it really is, is a light just flickering. And the Bible calls it, it the robe of righteousness. So you're clothed with Jesus. Oh, so we like, we have robes on? Like what? So we have robes or? It, it looks like a robe, but it's really just light. Oh. It's all light. But you don't have that thinking. No one has the thinking like we have here on the planet, you guys. Remember, it was after the fall, and then they started covering up. No one thought that way before the fall. And we don't know how that is because we think that way after the fall. Do you understand what I mean? Because you know, I, I, I was in Louisville, uh, West Virginia. Your age asked me that question. <laughs> and when they got done, they said, I ain't going to heaven. You know what I mean? <laughs> Because I ain't looking at all those old people. And that's what they said. <laughs> so, come on up here and, and save me. Because you didn't have another question, did you? <laughs> God bless you. Amen. Come on, give God praise this afternoon. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we thank you for your Holy Spirit. As our heads are bowed and eyes closed, just for a brief moment, uh, 